Welcome back, everybody, to the Alpha Alpha Podcast. We have a very special episode for you today. Special because me and Eric get to talk twice as much as usual <laughs> because Armand and Nick are not here. Uh, rip. Soiling, soiling us with their... Yeah, with it's a real, real bummer Nick couldn't be here takes. for this, uh, these, <laughs> the deep financial talks. Poor guy's got a, he's eating sushi in, in Japan and all sorts of weird stuff out there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we miss you, Nick. Uh, Armand, you were also missed, but I know Armand's going to be back next week. I can't remember when Nick's going to be back. Is he, uh, is he out of town he for a bit? never come back. Nick's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. We should probably, uh, should probably price that in. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's, let's jump right into it. We're going to just kind of do a, uh, market discussion here for the alfalfa round. We're going to, we're going to indulge ourselves. We get to really go, uh, go a little deep today and just uh, talk about what's happening in the world. Um, I feel like we're at, we're getting to like an inflection point in the markets. I don't feel, I don't know if you feel this way, um, but I, I put out a big, uh, a big thread on Twitter today, kind of outlining my, uh, my thoughts on, on what's happening in the world. I guess the, uh, the, the, the TLDR of this uh, at a high level, and then maybe we can kind of get into the, the the nuances here. We did see a big explosion in liquidity uh, via the Fed balance sheet with this uh, BTFP program, right? We saw a bunch of bunch of a uh, bunch of assets added to the balance sheet. Markets basically just took off when that that ha- when that happened. Um, stocks took off, crypto took off. I think that's to be expected. Um, the the core thing to note here, I, I, I think, at least in the thesis I put out there, and I, I certainly didn't create this, but um, is the idea that this liquidity is is temporary. It is not QE. Um, been saying this actually for a, a, a few weeks now, a couple weeks now, basically as soon as it happened, uh, to be honest. Um, but it, it feels like people are starting to come around to that idea. I, I was listening to to Bankless today. I forgot the name of the guest, but he was like saying a very similar thing. Um, these are loans. It's not a, not unencumbered QE. They have a relatively high interest rate attached to them. They have to be paid back. So that money is going to kind of come back at some point. The, the Treasury General account has been being drained ahead of the debt ceiling negotiations. Not much left in that account. Money's going into the reverse repo, which is also anti-liquidity. So the liquidity picture looks pretty bleak. Um, seems like the next stage is maybe pricing in recession. None of this is going to be good for uh, for coins, um, in, in my opinion. Certainly not good for, for stonks. Uh, wh- what's your take on, on what's happening right now? Man, good intro. Good intro. Thank you. We thank you. We don't even need Armand. We don't need Armand anymore. Armand, you're done. It's almost like you have another podcast or something. <laughs> you know how to do that. Good job, man. Um, yeah, and also a very good thread. I loved uh, what you wrote in there. I think um, you know we've been talking about this for a while. I my my take, honestly, like I'm I'm gonna present this as a theme for the, for the episode, is that um, you know I feel like this is just really not a good time to be sort of like directionally biased. You know, like I mm-hmm. think I think of this as like a moment where the waters are just really choppy, really choppy waters and you're trying to swim and you're trying to pick a direction to swim and there's like no current that you can like follow. Like this to me just feels like a time to be, like I put in my thread a couple of weeks back, out of the water and in T-bills. 
getting five percent and not having to worry. <laughs> um, so that's that's where I stand. But you know, I, I think going back to to your intro here, um, let's talk about the liquidity. So liquidity has been driving markets, and and you know, ETH's up over nineteen hundred right now, right? Like. Over the weekend, it went well, up. Well, I haven't checked in the last hour, so so uh, I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, we were at like nineteen twelve or so today. Last I checked, so pretty okay. Pretty to eighteen ninety six. It's over. Oh, death. <laughs> so like, uh, I was in, I was on vacation. I was in Houston, and I wasn't even doing anything on the internet. So, um, you know, I, I come back and check and see ETH over nineteen hundred, and I'm thinking like, wow, wow, like this pump could continue, right? Like we we don't know. I think. You're saying that it's it's not QE, you know, this Fed balance sheet is not QE, which I agree, it's not unencumbered QE, but um, it is liquidity. I, I, it is liquidity, and you know, like these banks can draw on that facility. How much? I don't know. Like obviously there was a there was a big spike initially. Um, they can draw more. Maybe maybe that increases liquidity even further from here. That's not like something I want to bet on. I am out of the water. I'm in T-bills. I'm very happy here. I do, like, I've always been sort of bearishly biased, you know, going back months. You know, I I just feel like now is not a time to be longing coins. But, you know, <laughs> ETH has risen from triple digits to 1900. So that was a good time to be longing coins. But, you know, I'm I'm like a longer term investor with a longer term time horizon like i don't want to be long risk assets as we head into what feels like it could be <laughs> the most severe recession of our lifetime so far and we've already we've already seen you know two yeah i mean i think for people listening out there there's there's basically like two choices you have <laughs> right now as an investor um you can be a psychopath like me and try to ride these waves. And they are good waves. I mean, think about the swings we've got. We went from, you know, 4K plus on ETH all the way down to 800, back up to 2,000, then back down to 1,000 again. Now we're back up to 2,000 again. So those are those are some pretty good, um, good returns, like if you know how to trade or if you're just very lucky. Um, but I will say that like I've I've have a little bit of brain damage. Um, I had a I had a near breakdown at your wedding last fall. I remember <laughs> um, I had a breakdown over the summer. I mean, I've had like three or four breakdowns in the last year for sure, because I've been I've been trading all this both ways. Um, the reality is like if I just just bought all of the ETH, I bought last summer and then just walked away, I would actually be up way, up way more money uh, right now, which is easy to say uh, in hindsight, you know, and the, you know, the, the risk management is important too. And I, I did a lot to mitigate downside along the way. So not that simplistic, but I think for most people out there who are you know, probably the vast majority of our, our audience, like I know we've been hammering this point for a while, but like you have the luxury of taking all your, you take your ball, you go home, you you can put it all in 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 T bills. You can make like close to five percent, and just wait. And don't get me wrong, the waiting's been very hard because if you did this last summer, you've seen like tons of gains going uh, right in front of your face. And I, we don't know if this is going to happen next week or next year, right? It's it's very hard to predict when the wave is actually going to crash. Um, but like, th that's the thing. You don't have to. Like, what is wrong with just earning 5%? 
and then like having a bunch of cash and then buying Bud in the streets, like like That's, nothing. Yeah, because I, I don't even care about the five percent. The five percent is nice, but what I really care about is that I get to sit on the sidelines as I watch prices go lower. I think like my my bias is bearish, so I think prices are going to go lower, and I'm I'm going to be okay when prices do crash, and I'm going to be excited, but I'm not going to show it because mm. you're you're not supposed to. At the craps table, I, I bet on the don't pass line on the dark side. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when the whole table gets swept of their money, like my <laughs> chips get stacked good, up and good. I and I don't celebrate. I go under the table, pound to the buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't celebrate that. <laughs> you can't celebrate that. You're like, oh, dang. you get some threats. <laughs> yeah. People are not happy. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be just like that when. And prices are are tanking. I'm like, ooh, no. What, do sucks. do you own any crypto right now? Yeah, I like, still have my forever ETH bag. Like, what what percentage of your investment portfolio would you say like is in, in risky risk right now? Oh, I mean, probably every, all crypto. I would assume, but yeah, yeah, that, it's mostly crypto. Um, and I'm probably like still ten percent allocated okay. to that stuff. And I don't think I'll go lower than ten percent. You know, like. Yeah, you want to have a little bit in case we're wrong, because nothing would be worse than like actually missing the generational bottom God, and just like yeah. living with that. For Imagine having forever. like an ETH-based podcast and just not owning it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we all just totally missed the bottom, and then we just turned into these bitter uh, bear tarts here, just being like, oh, the big the nukes coming. <laughs> Six years later, it's twenty eight thousand. Like, <laughs> we never bought. No. Um, yeah, I, I think about that all the time, and it's super scary for me. And I, this has been a hard thing to trade because, honestly, like the, the the charts and the fundamentals, they don't look anything alike to me. Like I, I tweeted this a couple of days ago. Like if I just was in a coma and woke up and all you did was show me the ETH chart and I had no other context for the last three years, I'd be like, holy God, this chart looks really bullish. Like this thing looks like it wants to go straight to 2,500 bare minimum. And this was before the the pump, right? And maybe even all the way up to like 3,200, like seems totally fine. Because when you when you have these moves like we had in Q, Q1, Q2 last year, where price just nukes down, 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 it creates these like voids of liquidity, right? Where when price kind of gets back up into those zones, it moves up through it like super, super, super um, quickly. But just so I'm clear on what you're saying, you're talking about sort of like bounces off the bottom, uh, sort of bounces off a local bottom, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like going to be this V-shaped recovery that immediately happens. Like I thought that the 2020 you know, like COVID recovery was like an anomaly for um, for bear markets, right? Like typically, what you'd find is like if you go back to like 2000 or 2008 or even like in the the most recent crypto bear market, you have like this plunge recovery and then like another plunge well it can go either way right like so if this is a bear market rally under normal circumstances then yeah you could see a quick move up and then we go back down right but if it's the start of a new bull run you also could still see a very quick move up like regardless of whether it's sort of like a bear market rally or like a new bull market like when price enters these zones where it's just kind of ripped through on the downside you have a good opportunity to, to, to collect some like really, really big gains. And I think regardless of what, well, I guess not regardless. Like I think if we go down here and we don't quite make it back up on alts, like 
when I look at some of these alt charts, like the carnage of last year is going to actually present some like really interesting opportunities in the future because there's still tons of these altcoins that just have these gigantic kind of gaps, you know, and like, like I think Solana, for example, is okay. probably going to have, I don't know if it's going to go to new all time highs hold next on, time, right? On. Before we get but, into prices now, because I like that you segued over to alts. Can we talk about what happened with Arbitrum? Because very quickly, Arbitrum was a coin that you were very interested in owning. Like you said you were going to buy spot. Well, I was very interested in trading it. Okay. Yes. Different. Very different. And I did buy a lot when it went to like a dollar ten or whatever. Okay. Um, I actually traded that very, very well. Pat on the back. I bought a bunch of it at like a dollar ten and sold most of it at like a dollar thirty-five, which is pretty good. So like, how did you play? Because trade I, like within our Discord, you know, a lot of people were um, awarded these airdrops and they were all asking each other and us like how do you how should you play this thing so how did you play it like did you have a set percentage that you wanted to just sell right out of the gates or were you planning on trading the whole bag like in true steven fashion like all in or all out yeah i didn't sell anything in fact i just immediately bought more because coming into it i i just felt there was going to be this sort of shelling point for the market on around the price that was like anchored to the price of the the optimism token Right. But then I also thought that that shelling point would be too low. Right. Like, cause I thought the Arbitrum was a far more valuable ecosystem. The TVL was basically, you know, total value locked in the system was like twice as much. Yeah. Like, I had a bunch of things that made me think that what people's shelling point was was going to be too low. So and I was it, initially what, planning on going sub a dollar, but then we didn't. What happened didn't get though? There. Like, so the token came out at, a, at what, like two bucks ish? Depends on how fast you were. I know some people sold it like over four bucks, I think. Yeah. Uh, probably just like stupid, like slippage stuff or something. Like, I don't know. It was just like a disaster when it came out because the, you couldn't even use the network. Every, all the RPCs were oh totally clogged up. And, you know, the smart people who set up their own node and were running their own RPC, like they were able to actually Damn. kind of take advantage of that. Wow. That's something I, you know, said I should have done, but that I didn't do. It's, you know, classic me. Um, so yeah. I was, I was one of the guys just unable to do any transactions in the morning. Like, well, okay. And then price started to dip down, sort of like by the middle of that first day, or yeah, very, very early in the morning. It, it was, it was very obvious to me when I looked at the chart early in the day. I'm like, this thing isn't going below a dollar. Yeah. Like it just, I just kind of knew it wasn't actually going to go below a dollar. Everybody wanted to buy it below a dollar and it was obvious it wasn't going to go there. And that was your stated plan, even leading up to it, uh, amongst us, you were saying like, you know, I'll, I'll buy it at like a dollar 20 or something, you know, whatever you say. Yeah. I, I initially LP'd it because I, I was, I kind of thought this might happen, but I looked at the volumes and the volumes are just insane. Like I, L I LP'd and I had a very specific range. It was like, I want to buy it here. I want to sell it here. And that was my range. And I, I was making like like over a percent a day in, in fees in all the pools I was in. So what, you were in uh, ARB ETH or ARB USDC? Both. Or? Yeah, both. Okay. Both, because I had like an ETH price range and then a USDC price range. So the, I mean, so that's that, a pretty good way to trade it, basically. Like it does it for you and you get... Yeah, it's kind of nice. Like if you think price is like kind of stable, it's it, it's it's great. It's it's it it worked out really well. And then I eventually got out of the pools and I just started trading it um, perps on uh, on Bybit and you know squeezed some more out of it there. But yeah, so was it, it on all the the 
perp dexes now is like is it on oh DYDX? yeah i think it was instantly on yeah. everything well i don't know if it's on dydx but yeah actually i don't i don't know which uh dexes it's on okay actually so i don't i don't want to comment on that but it's definitely on every uh ex- exchange that offers perps it's just been a okay a so has thing. your um opinion of it of the our coin has your opinion of that shifted at all since the uh i don't know what what came to light here is like the the Arbitrum Foundation started doing some shady stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if shady is the right word, but weird. I mean, what happened at like a super high level was um, there was sort of this vote to do stuff with the tokens. And then it kind of came out that the vote wasn't really a vote. It was more of just like a Thumbs up. Yeah. Good job. Thank you for uh, doing your ratification. Part. Yeah. It actually made no difference what people voted. It had already been preordained that the foundation was going to basically get like 750 million tokens or something. And that really rubbed people the Hold wrong on, did, way. Did the vote um, go in favor of of the outcome that was preordained? I, last I checked, it was like 70% no. Or oh, something. wow. So it like okay. swung pretty wow. wildly in the other direction after people kind of realized what was happening. Um, and yeah, the other thing that was kind of messed up too is I, I, I realized that, you know how we look on CoinGecko and it has the, the circulating supply and the fully diluted valuation? Yeah. Um, I was today years old, I should, probably should have known this before, when I realized that the circulating supply, it's not like a smart contract where it's like locked. It's just like if the team says that like, oh yeah, we're not going to touch those. Oh, they're just saying they're locked. Like yeah. they're just like with their mouth saying so, that. So in re- <laughs> yeah, so in reality, instead of the circulating supply being like 1.2 billion tokens, it was really like 4.2 billion or four and a half billion i think like strictly speaking you know 4.2 billion whenever they get the gumption they can just be like "Mm, actually there's a few less yeah you kind of saw this with like dydx you remember that where everybody sold their stuff and then they had to go back and make like brian armstrong yeah you gotta gotta buy that back (laughs) yeah no those are locked pal in quotes (laughs) it just made me like realize like what this this stuff is such a clusterfuck and would you call it a scam? Would you call a crypto a scam? Would you go that far? I mean, some of it is a scam. I would, I would, I would say most of it is a scam. Yeah. Like the vast majority of it is a scam. Like if you want to count like all the tokens, all the NFTs, all the everything, it's like almost entirely uh, a scam. But that's probably not a fair way of looking at it because you want to look at it as like a at least in a market cap yeah. weighted kind of way. Um, a, a, I would say even number. in a market cap weighted type sense, like most of the stuff out there is shady at best. And I don't know, like I even would put like the Arbitrum stuff, like I it, it's like in the realm of shady. And right. I think it's really terrible for, for retail because you are unable to understand what's going on here. You don't have transparency into what the foundations are doing they're making like these loans to market makers and giving them options. Like, like like, vast majority of the, the Arbitrum tokens floating around, right. We're probably, probably like in the hands of like winter mute, right. This market making firm and they can kind of do whatever they want with the the price (laughs) to to a certain extent, I feel. And you just don't know what you're up against as, as a retail trader. There's a complete lack of disclosures. Um, 
and it's 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 like a mess. So like you really understand why we have securities laws and and regulations in in the quote unquote real world. Um, after you see what happens to people here, it's scarier that you see this shadiness with something like Arbitrum that has been sort of anointed as as legit just based on its proximity to ETH. You know, it's like adjacency to ETH. I feel like that was an anointed one. You know, like this is a layer two that is going to solve the scalability problems. It's legit. And it's like, mm. I feel like all of these ETH layer twos are, they, they all feel like not great to me. Like Polygon was the first one where I was just like, mm, this isn't even really like a layer two. Yeah, that, one's like, not so that one always felt. Yeah kind of weird to me and then like once you start realizing that you know all like optimism and arbitrum they they have like one sequencer that runs on a centralized server that's controlled by like the team and then all of the tvl on like arbitrum and optimism as far as i'm aware so please correct me if i'm wrong but like all of the tvl could be like rugged by like a nine of twelve multi-sig <laughs> yeah sweet which is just like crazy and and i think it's a it's a totally fine discussion, I think, to to say like, hey, this level of centralization is needed right now. We don't really understand how this technology works. We need to have the flexibility to push code changes and to to spend money in this way. Like, I, I totally get that, but I, I feel like it's not pitched that way all the time to Ethereum investors. And I, I think like they do have like a bit of like a false sense of I don't know if security is the right word. Maybe it is, but like they, 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 we hold these projects, I think in like higher esteem and like being like closer to ETH than they, they actually are. And, and I do think that's a problem. Like, I, I think it would be really dumb to keep like, like a huge chunk of your net worth, like on Arbitrum. Well, let's set a baseline for this conversation. Like I want to talk about ETH first, like, we're calling things shady. We're calling things a scam. We're calling like we're saying that uh, it's a good thing that the that there are securities laws. Like, where does ETH stand within that conversation for you? Like, is is ETH separate from a security? Like, that's actually legit. Like, shouldn't be regulated. Yeah, I don't think ETH needs regulations like when i look at eth i see like a it's a it's a commodity right it 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 just is there's there's like just like a level of decentralization that exists on it's not even freaking it's not even close to like what is on optimism or arbitrum or, or or anything else really other than other than bitcoin um so i guess like bitcoin and eth are anointed for you what's like the what's the next closest one to being Sort of like secure Dogecoin. Doge. <laughs> Doge. <laughs> that is so bad. Um, That's the next step down. Like God, crypto is a scam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I don't know. You tell me, like, what else out there? I, I don't like. I I like DeFi protocols. I feel like the you know like blue chip DeFi feels pretty legit. You know, um, I don't know. Like even. Like even something like Ave has problems, right? I think Ave is like highly dependent on, you know, chain link oracles. There's the multi-sigs involved. And that, like there are these very obvious sort of like chinks in the armor of like a lot of the stuff that we use where they can kind of be brought down very easily. Um, 
or at best, like it, like the other problem is you go full decentralized. Like you you end up with like a you end up with like a worthless governance token that nobody wants to to invest in. Um, it's a hard problem to create something like ETH where the token like, like is pretty truly decentralized, but also like has like an investable thesis and accrues value. Um, it really is like a super unique asset in that way. And I think I don't know. I think a lot of the 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 alt some not a lot of them but I think a lot of the alt L ones like have like a path to becoming that way or already sort of close to that way but once you get into the realm of like layer twos or like applications like they just very very quickly get super centralized and turn into something that does resemble securities and I and I think it's totally fine I just think they need to be I don't know if they need to be regulated but like at a minimum there has to be some sort of like community consensus of how like you treat like an arbitrum in a way that's like, like the transparency of like the tokenomics and all this stuff, like it doesn't even come close to matching the transparency of, of blockchain. Right. It, we, we, we just built all of these like obfuscations on top of this shit that nobody can understand. And it's really just designed at its core to kind of milk retail. And it's, it's not, it's not good. It's not sustainable. So what do you think about, let's talk about, um, investment in these coins now because like ultimately at the end of the day we want to make some money and i think you know in an in a directionally up market or directionally down market you can play these alt coins you know independently of what we just talked about you know like are they securities are they you know are they value accrual mechanisms or not you know like it doesn't really matter in the short term right you can like trade them um based on what we talked about in the market segment at the open do you intend to sort of use these alts as uh sort of trading mechanisms yeah i'll trade them all day i love trading them they have they have insane gains if you can if you can trade them i think that's properly the, the reason why i asked that right from the start is because i was shocked at like how how your tone and tenor has changed from like being a guy who like sort of believes in the tech, I feel like, to a guy who's just like now so out on alts and, you know, L2s and you're just done. It seems like you're done with it. I mean, I've been pretty jaded on alts since the 2017 bull run. <laughs> like I got, I got rinsed pretty hard in, <laughs> in 2017. Um, I bought a little bit into the DeFi narrative. I think for DeFi sure. summer brought you back. Um, you're like, okay, this can work. This it, it did a little bit, but I was quick enough for my like past mistakes to like very rapidly pivot. Right. And be like, why the fuck do I hold MakerDAO? Right. Like, thank <laughs> God I did that. Like, why the hell, why do I hold this token? And if I didn't, I'd be down like 90% versus ETH right now. Yeah, um, it, it's a minefield, but this is like the biggest problem is like, we, we tell a bunch of people like, Oh, you're, you're investing in poly, you're buying Matic, you're an investor. And it's just like, you're 99 times out of a hundred. I feel like you're not an investor. You're, you're like a speculator, you're a, you're a trader, maybe. Like if yeah. you told, if, like if we told people, like, yeah, you're traders, you're trading these, co-, then people might be like, wait, I don't know how to trade. Maybe I yeah. shouldn't do this. Maybe yeah. I should wait. What's what's not really a trade? What? Oh, okay. But like people think they're investors. They think they're investing in some tech that's gonna it, and it's gonna go up. You can, like 
And I'm really jaded now. Like I hear people in the Discord like pitch like, a, "Oh, I, I bought this because the team is about," and they put all these. Like, anytime anybody puts some like fundamentals out there now, like my 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 eyes immediately glaze over. And I'm like, "Oh god," because not not that they're all like that, but most of the time it's just like some talking points. Like, "Oh, what do we do to we say this stuff to kind of pump the price up?" and and it's just. I just think people should either accept that it's just a game and they're playing the game and the game is to get good at playing the game and get good at trading, or they have to take a step back and be like, wait a minute, like what actually is going to accrue value? What actually is going to be around here? Like what is, and then maybe they ultimately arrive at the decision. I just have to buy ETH and Bitcoin, which is honestly probably a really good decision for most people. God, what's like a simple uh, way to to determine if if a uh, token is accruing value like have you been paid have you been paid the answer to that is going to be no like 99.9% .9 of the time and then you just say like oh yeah there's no value accrual mechanism yeah well there's a problem too because you have tokens that actually like like GMX for example i think actually has like a good value accrual mechanism it's a product that people just want to use because the product delivers them value and it doesn't require them to inflate the token supply to incentivize people to use the product. People just want to degen trade massive size on ETH in like <laughs> a decentralized way. And so it's got product market fit, right? The problem is that if you do that, well, you're definitely a security. Like, so you can't have a product that does that with a non anon team. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So either you get like a, a fully dot, you get like Uniswap, this is like, BS founder, you get the foundation here and there's a token here and it, well, it doesn't do anything, but maybe someday it's, and you do this weird dance and then it's just like, why would I, do I really want to buy that? Or you have to go buy the token from the Anon team, right? Which by the way, still like GMX still has like centralized elements to it. Like there are still things running, I think on servers that are controlled by that. Like this stuff is still not, Anywhere near so as even the most even the most think. blue chip of DApps you think are more like apps. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's there's so few like protocols apps that have been built in the space that are like e even close to approaching what we would like to consider to be like truly quote unquote decentralized. And then to do that and have value accrual, it's it's just like a very impossible task. There's only one. I think there's only one. My beloved. Ethereum. Oh, Ethereum. Yeah, it's yeah, Ethereum. Uh, good coin. <laughs> it's a good um, coin. But now. but it it is valid as like a you know as a trader or an investor or whatever you want to call yourself to buy something because you think there's going to be a narrative and other people will want to buy it after you. Like let's be honest, like like a lot of stocks work that way too. It is sort of just like a process of investing. Like everything doesn't have to be cash flow oriented. But I think yeah. like you have to be honest with yourself that that is what you're doing. Not that you're necessarily buying this piece of life-changing technology, but you're like, oh, well, people are really going to like gaming tokens next bull run. And this is a gaming token. And these other projects failed because of XYZ. And this one doesn't have that. So it's going to have this narrative. And then people will buy into that. And then no, that's like totally fine. But like, don't marry the the bags don't like get delusional about like we put people up on pedestals. We make, you know, we get Do Kwan and, 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 and Danny Sesta. And like, we put like, then they, they just all, they all fail. They're like all charlatans in, in the end. Okay. I agree. So let's get back into actionable mode. Like, um, I think this is going to just full circle back to macro thoughts because, yeah. um, 
at the end of the day, we want to like look at these coins and these tokens and see like what can we do with them to make some money. Um, <clears throat> you put in your thread, in your in your thread recently, um, you posted your um, stable coin market cap to total crypto market cap. I like that. It looks like we're getting to um, sort of a rock bottom. Yeah, like we, I actually felt like the guy who invented the rainbow chart. Briefly, do you remember when the Bitcoin rainbow chart like it finally broke down below I, it? I feel like <laughs> like I I don't like that your um, your setup is the way it is. I think it should be inverted because I, it it feels like we should be talking about this as not being rock bottom. It should be like it's getting toppy. It's time to short. You know, like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've thought about that, but it sort of is what it is. It's the ratio of stable coins to total market cap, and that's going to be a number less than one. Um, or and you could just, just do like, the inversion. Like, you could do the inverted way, and it would be the exact same thing, only it would just well, make more logical sense. Well, it's just more of a sense. UX experience. But <laughs> yeah. let, let, let's, like, assume that the, the, the metric works, which yeah. I feel like we have to assume it works until it doesn't. That's how all these things... Um, that's been one of the biggest things holding me back from becoming like super bull as I'm like, this thing has predicted the last five consecutive mega or micro tops. Um, yeah. And we're, we're getting to that point now on this. We chart. hit it. We actually broke below the magic line for a brief moment yesterday. And actually uh -huh. we were retraced back above it today, but it is like, it's at the peak. And the, you know, for people listening at home, like this, this is basically an indicator that charts the ratio of stable coins to total crypto market cap like the sort of high level thesis being that the more stable coins that are in the system the more sort of liquidity there is within crypto to buy coins and make number go up right and the problem we've been having in crypto for the last year and a half like anytime anybody wants to get like super excited and just yolo into ethereum right now i want you to do two things one ask yourself who the hell is going to get really stoked to just YOLO into Ethereum at like $2,300 a coin, like right before a recession? Basically, who's going to buy your bags? Yeah, who's buying your bags? Like, honestly, like who's buying your bags? Um, Hoffman. And like, you shouldn't <laughs> be buying ETH, like if you think you're going to make like 20%. Like ETH is the thing you buy because you're pretty sure you're going to make like a 5X, you know? It's, right. it's super volatile unless you are a, like a skilled trader. And the other thing you want you want to do is you call up like... um. In, in, in trading view, just plot like the total market cap of all stable coins, USDC plus USDT plus DAI, and look at that. Down just look only. at that chart. It is down only. It's just omega down for like a year and a half straight. This and is just think to yourself, like, is this bullish? Is, is That's all people taking money off of blockchains back into fiat currency. Yeah. 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 So when that's happening, there's basically no way for token values to go higher in my opinion like you look at that well you that's could like, like we could say that well people aren't using stable coins they're just doing wires to dollars and coinbase and buying there but that doesn't sound plausible to me because they're shutting down all the off ramps right so like I, it's like hard for me to make an argument that like oh no well stable coin usage down is down but the use of bank transfers is going way up so i think you set the tone for um like a down from here place to be. But I, I want to ask one more question before we go that route. Like there's another metric that you use, which was like this uh, liquidity indicator um, on TradingView um, yes. that like flashed green or red. Like, are we anywhere in that indicator right now? Are we? In we like I, I posted about this actually when it flashed green and it flashed green at the recent Pico bottom. That was like BTFP time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I've kind of discounted that indicator a bit because like I don't 
know if the liquidity that we have should be weighted in the same way that like previous liquidity ejections have been weighted because like, as I've said to you, like, I think that it's short term in nature. Yeah. And the other thing that we haven't really talked about yet that I think is like super, super mega important is, um, although the fed balance sheet is growing, let's assume even it's growing, right? Let's, let's not even caveat it. Right. Let's be like, Oh, fed balance sheet is growing. Um, Underlying this growth, and I, I posted a chart of this to the to, to the thread I made today, a, a chart of uh, checkable deposits. The checkable deposits is falling off a cliff. Like it is. So people are eating into their savings. No, people are withdrawing their savings from banks and putting them like in money markets. Like they're oh, taking them out of banks. Oh, wow. This, the, like everybody's focused on the sort of public liquidity via the fed balance sheet the treasury general account right but i think what people like haven't been fully grasping is that most of what we call the money supply is created in the private sector via banks banks, fractional lending and so on and so forth and when people pull all their deposits out of banks Banks, what do they do? Well, they they tighten their lending standards. Maybe they charge like higher rates. You have less money to sort of lever up. All of this stuff is like negative it's for like reflexive on the way down. Yes, yeah, so like M one is falling off a, a, a cliff right now, and that's just not bullish. And if you like, you look at prior like downward inflections um, in terms of like M one. We've never had an inflection like this and not very shortly thereafter had like a, a, a pretty bad recession. So that is, I, I think, like a, a huge, huge, huge red flag to me at the moment. And the reason like and I, I look, I, I'm also sitting here recording this podcast. I'm still balls long in yeah. ETH. Like I've, I've been sold a decent chunk. You know, I, I like to do this thing where I just absolutely mega ape in at points I think that are good so that I don't feel bad about like aggressively selling on the way up. And I've just been just selling, 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 like ever since like 17, 18, I've just been like aggressively selling anytime we get there. So I feel like, okay, but I still have a lot, Yeah, but I'm just looking forward now. I agree. And I think like, you know, I've been patient because I'm seeing the same thing you're seeing. But that doesn't mean that ETH can't go to 2000 or 2100 or something. Sure it can. Sure it can. Um, and, you know, that would be well, even sweeter for me well, to from, from, from like a, if you want to talk about like chart, like TA perspective, if you believe that sort of thing right now, right? Like the logical target for ETH right now is like 2030 plus, right? That's like the top of a pretty significant trading range. And I, I've put forth this theory a lot that we're just going to be trading in a range all year. It might be like a, just accumulation range, and that range might go from a thousand to to two thousand. Um, and you tend to have these moves where, when you have these big swings, like price seeks like areas of liquidity in order to reverse. Right? If we're trending up, 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 sellers, big players need to step into the market and fill like tons and tons and tons of offers to sort of like push price ultimately back down again. And these big players, they tend to use limit orders, right? They can't market buy because then they like massively push the market. So they passively fill. And where's a good place to passively fill sell orders? It's above the tops of points where people place all of their stop losses because their stop losses become 
big players sell orders. And in this instance, 2000-ish happens to be like, A, a very nice round number, which has psychological impact. And it's like this nice kind of equal high zone that we had um, last year. So to me, it looks like a really prime area where you could see price push through and kind of look like maybe it's even going, I don't know, like it wouldn't shock me if it went to like 24, 25, like quickly. But like, I think ultimately that's like the point where if this thesis plays out, I think you see a reversal, you go back inside the range and then it becomes a question of like, okay, how low do we go on the yeah. way back down? Yeah. Now? Are we talking, uh, Back to a thousand. Are we talking triple digits? Uh, look, when I look at a chart, I see these like equal lows around like a thousand seventy or so, and those look like really juicy to me. Like, what if if I'm like large players looking to fill my bags for the next bull run? What better area of like liquidity to get a ton of buy orders in than like the bottom of this huge trading range below these kind of like equal significant lows with that like happened during the FTX collapse that we never tested them the, the other thing that people should like think about is like the yearly open is like a big number when you're trading like what is price open at to start the year we had a yearly open this year where we opened and then just went up and we never tested that number what was the number i think it's like in the low 11s oh so i feel like that number probably gets tested because i feel like that number gets tested i feel like the thousand ish lows get tested and then once we're testing there i feel like all bets are off and i think a lot of this is it's hard to predict it's conditional on how bad is the recession going to be well if it comes but i think it will come but will it be like will it be soft will it be hard landing will it be a crash like those are all different scenarios and like like i wouldn't shock me if eth never goes below a thousand again in a mild scenario right but it also wouldn't shock me if we trade 500 and in a crash like that, like if you kind of zoom the chart out enough and you think about what's happening, right? Th th this is actually a good point that uh, David's guest brought up today on 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 the, the the Bankless Pod that I think people should think about. He mentioned that what happened last year that wasn't a bear market; that was just the market re-rating valuations in the light of changes in interest rates. Like when interest rates absolutely moon, your baseline growth valuation has to come way, way, way down because these high growth companies, they're priced on the basis of future discounted cash flows way out in the future. So if you change rates, you have to like take down those valuations if rates are, are, are going up. So that thought was kind of crazy to me because you said like that wasn't even a bear. All of that crash, like you just saw, everything you saw wiped in crypto, that might have not been the bear. That might have just been crypto re-rating the sort of like growth valuation in light of the new interest rates. And maybe later this year is the is the actual bear. The bear in stocks is, of course, based on actual earnings and stuff coming down. What do you think about that? I think it's right. So um, like a discounted cash flow model has these two variables. It's got the, the G, that's the growth rate, and then it has the the... The R, that's the discount rate. So you're saying that this whole revaluation was based on R changing, which I agree. And then we haven't even considered that G, the growth rate, is going to go negative for so many things. It's going to destroy these DCF models. Like, we think that it's got destroyed. It hasn't gotten destroyed. It's going to get worse. And um, I think the way that I'm now 
playing it right the, the way that I want to play it. First of all, T bills, but when <laughs> when the time is right, I want to be short the market, right? Not not for me, not right now, because I think ETH could, like you said, sweep that liquidity higher, and that would send alts higher. Maybe there's like a scam pump where people think it's alt season. You know, I just don't want to be short this market right now, but. When the time is right, I do want to be short. And what I want to be short is not necessarily ETH, even if I think ETH could go down 50%. I probably probably can. But I want to be short something that can go to zero. Mm. I want to be short really shitty alts. And we know, we just talked about how most of this stuff is a scam. Like, that has to be swept out. And it probably will. It'll be burnt out like the wildfire does to the forest. Kills those little plants at the bottom. And uh, I want to be short that. And then I want to take those proceeds and just roll it back into my beloved ETH mm. when the time is right. Do you uh, do you know how many like internet stonks got like just completely obliterated during yeah. the dot com crash? All like what them. percentage? All of them, and it was it, it was like the exact same thing. It was. And the, it feels like we haven't even had that moment yet in no. crypto and like There's, the history of crypto. Like it. Like I feel like we say this all the time. We just we just look at the coin gecko thing. And we're like. Yeah, the, the that's, top 50. that's just the way crypto is. Look at these, the top 50. These coins just have $9 billion valuations and they're scam. Even but, the top 20, they're scams. Yeah, maybe it's not going to be that way. Like maybe the coming year is the cleansing fire you talk about. Maybe we actually just wipe out all of that underbrush. And then we maybe this is like our internet bubble moment. And then maybe from that, you have this like kind of, you know, coalescing of the capital and everything around like the good stuff and then maybe it ends up being longer term like way more bullish for stuff like ETH and Bitcoin or whatever else is like yeah. del delivering actual value because these other just Probably. crap projects are just sucking all the yeah, less scams out. they get they get killed but then also remember that it took you know a decade for that internet bubble to recover well I like to think we fast play everything in crypto at least yeah. so yeah. Maybe it'd only be three years. Yeah, not a decade, but it'll be a it'll be a long time, I think, where people are thinking like, "Oh no, I've been through a bear market," and they think like, "COVID was the bear market." It's like, no, no, COVID. We, we haven't had a business cycle in like fourteen years, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, there's a whole there's an entire generation of people listening to this pod who literally never even been in a like an actual bear market because it's it's just. It just hasn't happened, and and that's that's like so crazy, crazy to think about. And it means everybody's head is like anchored to stuff that's meaningless. Like the idea that like when I say like oh ETH gonna go to five hundred, like people are like it's impossible, and maybe it's unlikely. But like the damn thing was just like eighty dollars like three <laughs> years ago yeah. before we just shot like six trillion dollars into the economy. Like we're not that far removed from. It. And the, the S and P when we talk about S and P going to twenty eight hundred, we're like oh my god. We're just there. We're, like, we're like literally just there. It's not. It's, we're just talking about like uh, we're only talking about unwinding the COVID nonsense. We're not even talking about unwinding all of the 2008 onward nonsense. Right. Just right. the just the 2020 onward nonsense. You know. So I think these things are super plausible. I'm not saying that they're happen. They'll they will happen. And I don't mean to be like a mega bear tart over here. But like, like if you think that was like 100 percent the bottom. We're not going lower. None of this stuff can happen. The new bull like it, with one hundred percent certainty. Like you, you, you might get wrecked. Like you, you need to have this this thing in the the back of your mind. Uh, like stocks, I don't, I don't think stocks have seen their lows yet. No, me neither. Anything else? 
Oh, I could, I could, uh, <laughs> I could, I could bear porn for another three hours here. Uh, no, let's go. Uh, let's go get some food. Let's grab a drink. That sounds. <laughs> that sounds pretty good. Uh, I guess in conclusion, if you get a two thousand dollar ETH, you know, maybe consider shaving a little bit off the top. I'm not telling you to sell your whole bags, but I do think there's a chance we're sitting here like seven months from now, being like, "Wow." I can't believe people were buying stock like stocks from me at forty two hundred and ETH from me at like twenty three hundred dollars. <laughs> it's crazy. Right. I think that's I think that's, that's a right play. definite possibility. We could be a new 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 complacency complacency part two. Um, I don't know. So stay safe out there, guys. <laughs> yeah. uh, stay tuned for more bear porn. Yeah, don't don't go stick your head in the sand or anything. <laughs> just the 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 the, the, po- the point of this pod is to just give people perspective i think like i don't want to tell you exactly what's going to happen i'm wrong at least 45 percent of the time you know it was a fun episode by the way yeah i i enjoyed it a lot so i hope you guys enjoyed it uh as well uh if you are not already subscribed on youtube please subscribe we're trying to build up the youtube might have some live episodes coming to you soon Uh, we just got some new cameras how do we yeah we got we got some new lenses on the cameras just uh this podcast continues to absolutely suck money out of my bank account, but we do it. <laughs> we do it for you guys. Uh, yeah, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave a review if you have not already. Super helps us uh, on uh, on Apple, on Spotify, and please join the Discord if you are not in there at alfalfapod.com, Right? Hell yeah. Yes, yeah, so we got some good discussions going on in there. Uh, all sorts of stuff. So. Uh, say hello if you join. Look forward to seeing you in there. Um, Nick, we hope you have a great trip. Armand, your baby's still cute. Uh, we'll see you guys right back here next week. Thank see you, you, Eric. See you next time. Bye.